Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are artists and creators, sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. Regular topics include mum guilt, identity, the day-to-day juggle, mental health and how children manifest in their art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. You can find links to my guests and topics they discuss in the show notes, along with music played, a link to follow the podcast on Instagram and how to get in touch. All music used on the podcast is done so with permission. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Bowendick people as the traditional custodians of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to the relationship the traditional owners have with the land and water, as well as acknowledging past, present and emerging elders. Thanks for joining me. My guest today is Sarah Renzi-Sanders. Sarah is a visual artist from Kensington, Maryland, a suburb of Washington DC, United States, and she's a mum of three. Through surrealism and symbolism, and working with acrylics, oils, collage and mixed media, Sarah explores her various identities from a young child to a mother, as well as the plethora of other roles women play in society. Her work also brings life to the taboo subject of mental health, using the mask as a repeated symbol to hide the true self. Her work demonstrates her fascination with the mysteries of the human mind, memory and imagination. Sarah's own meditation practice and creative vision are intrinsically linked as seen through the metaphysical and spiritual symbolism in her work. Today we chat about how Sarah draws on that meditation practice, challenging the patriarchy in art and in life, being your true authentic self, judgment and generosity. This episode contains discussion around anxiety, depression and autism. Thank you so much for coming on today, Sarah. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I'm right in saying happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, yes. I hosted last night, so I'm very glad that it's over. <laughs> Are you feeling a bit full? Still recovering? I am, but you know what? I had leftovers for breakfast and and it was great. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, tell me, is it? I'm I'm not usually familiar with with Thanksgiving, but is it almost bigger than Christmas for you guys over there? It's like it's a really significant holiday. Or? It, it it's not bigger than Christmas, but um, it's kind of the kickoff to the Christmas season too. Yes. So once Thanksgiving's over, then we're bombarded with you know the Christmas commercials and the Christmas songs on the radio, and yeah, it's like it's time to buy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right off you go. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's exciting. So yeah. so you're in a place called Kensington in yes. Maryland. Um, yes. Can you tell me a bit about, I did a bit of Googling. I was actually really interested in your weather. I have this, um, yeah. knowing what people's weather's like. So you're in, you're in winter over there now. Yes, yes. yes. So, so cold, windy. Um, <laughs> every once in a while we'll have a nice day. Um, that get, it'll get up to like 60 because it's fall um but for the most part it's pretty cold and windy like 30 degrees ish is the average at this point yeah yeah I'm just gonna do a quick conversion and see what that is in celsius (laughs) 
Yeah, oh, <laughs> no, that's all right. Hang on, I'm gonna look it up. Uh, 30 yeah. degrees. Yeah, but we're um we're about 10 miles outside Washington, D.C. Maybe a little yeah. less than that. Yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, so is that like minus one? So you, I mean, 32 is freezing. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not terrible. It, it's actually been a pretty mild fall so far. Um. Yes. But yeah, it, it hurts your face. <laughs> <laughs> wow, where where I live, we do not get anywhere near that. Like, um, I'm complaining when it's like 13 degrees. Which what will that be for you? Hang on, let me put that in proper. What you can 13 Celsius is like 55, <laughs> right? So oh, that, really? So that's cold. That's our cold. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah, oh my probably, god. Yeah, you probably be appreciating that right now. <laughs> I would be. That's a beautiful day here. So is it snowing there? Do you get snow? No, there? it's not snowing. So um, I mean, today I think they said it was gonna be a high of 45, mm-hmm. which is not too bad. I can still walk the dogs and be okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh In my, my puppy coat. Yeah. So that hang on. I've got I've got to look that up. That's seven. Okay, so that's that's okay. So seven's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So your style of art is surrealism and symbolism. Am I right yes. in saying that? Can you yes. explain for people like me who aren't into, like, understand art, what does that mean? So surrealism is um, you are uh, creating work that looks realistic, but it's often an unrealistic setting. So sometimes a juxtaposition of things that don't really make sense together. Um Surrealism is often described as dreamlike. It looks like maybe it it's came from my imagination, which it, it did. But um, in most instances of my work, I'm using my own experiences and I'm kind of um, putting it together, together in a way that makes sense um, to tell a story. Uh-huh. So it's not an exact memory. It's not like a snapshot of a moment in time. It's more of you know, how I was feeling in the moment and um, exploring how I can express those feelings visually and put symbols in there um, that have sort of a deeper meaning. And um, my work really, it is autobiographical, but I, I want people to be able to look at it and relate to these emotions. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's the thing. It, it's something that, um, yeah, started out as something that that's triggered from your life, but the themes are sort of common that anybody could relate to that from their own experience in life, I suppose. Yes, yes. So um, I address a lot of anxiety, depression, mental health issues. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a very common theme, isn't it? <laughs> for people. Yeah, yeah, that's people. very hot right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the symbolism I'm interested in because um, one of my guests I had earlier on was an art historian and she was talking about how she looks her her specialty was the the long 18th century and um, she was talking about how she looks at the art and 
you know, tries to decipher, I suppose, what was going on and all that sort of thing. So I guess that's um, the symbolism sort of ties in. People could look at that. And I guess it's subjective too. Like people could take it however they needed to, I guess, couldn't they? It's not necessarily the same for everybody. Yeah. And and that's why um, I like talking about my art, but a lot of times I like people to tell me about what they see in my art and how it makes them feel and how it relates to their story. Um, Because I think that's the most interesting part. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, So what sort of mediums do you use in your art? So I'm mostly an acrylic painter right now. I have used oils in the past, but I am working out of a very small office space in my home. (laughs) So um, acrylic is just the easier medium to use. And I try to, um, I try to sometimes put um, things materials in there that wouldn't be expected. For example, um, I will stitch um, with embroidery floss directly on the canvas. So you may not see it as well in pictures, but if you were to see the work in person, Mm -hmm. you can see that, you know, this eye is stitched on with thread or these flowers are are sewn onto the canvas. Um, The piece behind me has a piece, has some lace on it. Um, I also, um, do use textural elements such as cracks. Um, I use this paste called crackle paste and it kind of, you put it on and it, as it dries, it creates these kind of cracks and it reminds me of, you know, dried earth, maybe like a desert. Um, so yeah, yeah. And I'll use a little bit of gouache, um, for details, which, um, I recently discovered is very, very fun to work with. So, yeah. What what is that called? Wash. It's um so it's I I recently discovered it. It's an acrylic medium, but it's it works almost like an oil or a watercolor. It's very easy to blend. Yeah. Um, they're little tiny tubes, so it is quite expensive. You're not gonna like paint a whole painting with wash. <laughs> but a lot of people use it for works on paper and for realistic um things. So I'll use it often on the face or on the small details of a painting. Um, yeah, and it's just kind of a slightly different, um, it doesn't dry as fast as acrylic. Yeah. So you are able to blend it. So it's kind of like, almost like, like how oil you can, it doesn't dry very fast. So you can keep blending it to make it look more realistic. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the, that thing, like the layers, I guess, is sort of, sort of reflective of like emotions. And I don't know, it's like you're, creating all these different elements yes makes sense yes no yes totally and I just um I do I mean each canvas has a lot of layers because I feel like each like each person especially when I'm addressing women and um mothers it's like we all have these like layers that we keep putting on ourselves to cover our real selves and to hide who we really are maybe not to hide it but you know it just we get lost in there you know yeah. we're somewhere yeah. underneath all those layers yeah yeah that's, that's quite quite a good way of putting it yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
because that that identity is um that yeah it's a, it's a massive thing isn't it this the concept that you're you're a, a, a woman and then all of a sudden you have a child and your entire life is changed the way you think about yourself changes the way society views you is changes um and it's also almost you can sort of get lost in that I think yeah. is that is that um absolutely yeah, yeah. and um I actually had my first child when I was 20 and I was still um, in college, university. And um, so my daughter right now is 15 um, in high school. And um, so I felt like really, I didn't even know who I was. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all struggle with who am I, but, but, you know, at 20, you have no idea who you are. So I really didn't. And and so that did become so much of um, who I was um, and my entire life. So I never really lived as an, an independent adult um, mm. without being a mother. I, so I was a mother like fam and then yeah, time to grow up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's but it's great now. I mean, I wouldn't change it for a thing. I mean that was the you know biggest growing experience of my entire life so yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah how did you first get into your your painting and your artwork Um, so I actually, I always was, um, the artist at school. I always was doing little caricatures and drawings of teachers and and people in my class. And, um, and I kind of hated it. Actually, I didn't like being the artist. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be the athlete or I wanted to be the singer. I didn't want to be the artist. I thought that was boring. So I kind of tried to like downplay it and push it back. But when I got to high school, um, I had some really great art teachers and I, you know, all my electives were art classes, got to college, actually got rejected for being an art major um, because my portfolio was so disordered. <laughs> <laughs> I was just not, you know, me in college was not, I wasn't, I, I completely understand why I was rejected. It was like completely thrown together. I was probably like late on it too. <laughs> but um, I decided to become an art minor because I didn't need to be accepted into any program to do that. I just mm-hmm. declared art. I was a history major and an art minor. Yeah. So um, I did work uh, for those courses and, uh, you know, I loved it, but I wasn't going to, you know, become a full-time artist because that just wasn't a realistic option ever. Um, and then I got offered a job as an art teacher um, by an old teacher of mine who I just happened to run into. And she's like, oh, you're an artist. You want to teach art? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so that was my first job. Yeah. Um, I had a daughter at that point. I, she was um, one. So I, you know, I had to take the job. <laughs> so I taught art, which was great. And I would do a little bit of drawing, you know, for lesson planning and in my free time. But I really didn't have time to devote to my art as much. Um, but, you know, in the beginning, I was really painting just things that I thought people would like. 
every once in a while someone would come to me with a commission and yeah. oh can you paint my house like a, a painting of my house or can you paint a portrait of my dog or things like that so I wasn't really painting for myself I was I was just you know make a little extra money here and there um and it really wasn't until um the birth of my third my son Wallace um that I started painting during his nap time mm -hmm. Because um, in the States, we don't have any type of maternity leave. So um, I, it was either, I had my third child, it was either like go back to work and pay an astronomical amount of childcare or just stay at home with my kid and, you know. So I stayed at home and then, you know, he had a steady nap time and that was my my time to paint. And that's when I really started to, you know, paint for myself and just paint for the pleasure of painting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, was there a trigger at that point to, to encourage you to go back to painting or was it just something you sort of just thought, Oh, I just want to do this. Like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, well, actually there was an event. We, our basement flooded. And um, so we had a spare bedroom in the basement and I had been kind of painting out of it, but, you know, like I said before, not really painting work for myself. It was more of, you know, these little side jobs. And when the basement flooded, we had to completely refinish the basement, change the floor, you know, like yeah. pull everything up. And um, I told my husband, I was like, you know, I really think instead of a spare bedroom down there, let's just put some cheap tile down and I'll make it my art studio. And so that was really what really pushed me to start creating. And then I had this big space to create and yeah. um, an experiment and just make a mess. <laughs> and that was like such an exciting time for me. Yeah. Well, that sounds yeah. awesome. I'm really taken by the colours that you use in your art. Are you? I mean, I get the the vibes that you're a, a spiritual person. Is that yes. from like chakras or like is it um, like ha is there a connection there or is it just totally intuitive or? So um, it's interesting. I grew up um, Catholic uh, and, uh, like going to Catholic school for 13 years of my life and, um, very strict upbringing. Uh, but as I, you know, especially as became a mother and became more comfortable in myself and who I was, I have explored, you know, spirituality in a wider sense, um, not restricted to any sort of, um, traditional faith. And I, I do have my Reiki level one, yeah. training so I do really use the chakra colors and I do um you know I'll like, I I practice tarot which you know as a child was told that I was summoning the devil sort of thing <laughs> yeah. but, you know as a as an adult yeah. woman it's like I know 
what works for me spiritually and I know how to explore my own intuition and um I'm not really like I'm not afraid of being judged anymore mm-hmm. for those sort of things um yeah but I I do I try to use the softer more feminine girlish pinks because it reminds me of my childhood and a lot of my work is trying to go back and find that inner child mm-hmm. um and find what she enjoyed and what brought her joy and made her happy and um gave her life yeah so so much of my work is going back in time yeah. and um it is sometimes darker subject matter mm-hmm. so i use the the kind of bright colors to almost reframe it and make it a little more digestible mm. Because, yeah. you know, if the subjects I was painting um, were painted in, you know, dark, gloomy colors, it, that's just, for me, that's not life. Life is mm. a balance of light and dark. Yeah. So, you know, the bad things happen, but something, something is coming out of that. Some, some kind of treasure is coming out of a bad event. It's always going to even out. So... <laughs> I do try to make my, you know, even if my subject matter is death or, you know, fear or abandonment um, or trauma, I I do try to keep these kind of inviting colors into the piece because I do want people to bring it in and kind of reframe their mindset about certain things. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like you're saying, okay, so this is this is going to be tough, this is hard, but you know what? You can look at it through different eyes. You don't have to see it as a, you know, a really big, scary, massive negative thing. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Totally it's, almost like, it's almost like a form of therapy, you know, you sort it of... It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. And creating the series that I'm most known for is the unmasking the self. And it wasn't, it had nothing to do with COVID. I started this... <laughs> I did start this series in 2019, Uh, Um, but I do have the masks because mm -hmm. I feel like as young girls from an early age, we're very much conditioned to wear masks to hide our emotions. And so my whole life, I've struggled with depression and anxiety and just, you know, put on the mask, smile, Mm -hmm. perform, be Mm -hmm. a good girl, you know, do all the things for everybody. And You know, and so that's a lot of pressure. And I think that especially little girls are under enormous pressure, whereas boys are kind of given a pass and boys will be boys. And, mm. and but girls are, there's a much higher standard that they're held to. Mm, there's an I felt that growing up and I feel it, felt it for my daughter. And, um, and I have two, I have two boys, but, you know, I mean, things are changing, obviously, but um, the series was really born out of that whole, um, who am I, what is my identity, and did I ever really even have one, even as a child, you know, like, it's something you really, um, you are hidden under layers of masks and different personas and different identities that people pin on you. Mm. And um, as a mother, it just becomes heavier and heavier to wear. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I love that. Um, yeah, I had a look on your website at the um, at those 
the pictures of your work and it's just it's so profound like when you start thinking about that stuff like it's heavy stuff you know starting to think man like (laughs) so you're right having that um that attractive sort of outside layer it allows you to to venture in without fear I think you can sort of start to creep into it and yeah yes yeah it's very it's inviting yeah So you have three children. So your oldest's 15. Um, so I have a son who is nine. Yep. And then I have a son who is five. And um, my five-year-old is on the autism spectrum. So that was another big moment in our lives to kind of reevaluate what it meant to raise a child because we had had two before who weren't semi-neurotypical but um (laughs) my middle one is you know we're still we're still getting him evaluated but um the youngest you know he wasn't speaking and um he just you know would he was quirkier and you know would have the meltdowns and but when the diagnosis came back it was very um shocking to me I was not expecting it yeah but I mean he is the most amazing human being in the world. And he is, he did a program for two years for children on the spectrum, intense therapy. And now he is in a neurotypical classroom with a teacher's aide and he's doing fantastic. Oh, that's um, But yeah, that was a, dark, you know, that was another dark period that I've illustrated in my work. Mm. Um, and just the whole, um, stigma around autism and you know something as something that needs to be cured it's not something that needs to be cured yeah it's it's just a completely different it's a different way that your brain works and Mm. all of our brains work differently yeah and um so I'm kind of I I do I am very passionate about um you know autism advocacy and just reframing it like this isn't Mm. some tragedy this is actually an amazing gift for my son. I mean, he's just the most amazing little human being. He sees the world in such a way that, um, I mean, that brings joy to him and brings joy to the people around him. And we all love Wallace. I mean, he is so incredible. He's this like amazing little light being rainbow soul who just has these, amazing ways of thinking and speaking and seeing the world and yeah so it's really been such a great gift to us as a family yeah absolutely you can sort of allows you to to change your perspective on things or look at things in a different way and yeah 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 that's that's it was always you know one of my fears because it's like it it like you're conditioned to think that it is you know, so terrible. Mm. And it, and for some people, it is a big struggle. And um, I'm very lucky that um, we had him in early intervention therapy, and he has just grown so much. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, it's amazing. And his siblings are amazing with him. Yeah. So it's really great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, are any of your children artistic as well? Do you, do they you know, Wallace would be the most artistic. It's And um, my son, Leo, uh, my middle, he loves football. Yeah. He loves, and I mean American football. Yeah. So, and he loves to draw football fields from every NFL team, but that's kind of the extent of it. He's not going to draw any other picture. He's not going to draw a family portrait. It's literally <laughs> just binders full of different football fields, and then he'll have little numbers and scores written all over. <laughs> yeah, but then Wallace, Wallace really does like to come into the studio with me. And he likes the sensory aspect of it, like touching the paint, you know, the wetness, the feelings. Um, and then my daughter, who's 15, is a brilliant musician. Yeah, right. So she's not really interested in, you know, um, visual arts, but mm -hmm. she's pretty, I mean, she's pretty amazing. Guitar, piano, she can pick anything up. And oh. yeah. Good on it. That's awesome. So you recently created a, an Instagram page for artists in the Kensington area. So you're yes. obviously very passionate about sharing community. Yeah, tell us tell us how you came up, decided to do that. You know, I I really just believe that um, we we grow and we share and and it's good for all of us to kind of like rise by lifting each other up. And I I feel like um, having a daughter in high school, uh, you kind of, um, are forced to go back into that dark period <laughs> where girls are cutting each other down constantly. And, um, I do live in this amazing community of Kensington. It's a very, it's a small town outside of DC and, you know, we can walk to all these small businesses, little boutiques, little antique stores, thrift stores, We've got a couple food places. It's like my kids can literally walk if they want to, you know, pick up a sandwich for lunch or get a soda. Mm -hmm. And that's something that um, in the D.C. area isn't that common. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of commuting, a lot of driving. And in our area, we have this nice little perfect place where we can walk everywhere. And the neighbors are so friendly and everyone knows each other. And I know so many artists just in my community and I realized that we were all working very independently you know every once in a while we give each other a shout out or whatever but um I really just wanted to like bring us all together and be like guys this is really special you know that we have so many artists in our little community and I want to eventually create um curate some shows do some public you know shows where maybe even open a gallery, you know, <laughs> yeah. a few years down the road, but just um, kind of tapping into this um, creative economy that's in our community that's so valuable, but um, just not seen very mm -hmm. much. And a lot of these women are mothers working out of their homes. So 
Um, we don't have much studio space in the community. And I just kind of wanted to bring awareness to that. Um, because people get, you know, around the holidays, especially everybody's looking for this special gift and everyone wants to buy from artists in our community. So I thought by putting this together and kind of having it be a landing page for everyone and just promote everyone, all of them, and, and just bring us together and have us kind of be like a united force in the community. So Yeah, I love that. And yeah. I think also too, it shows there's no there's no ego of like you're not competing with anyone you know it's like you're welcoming everybody it's not saying oh yours is better or yours is better it's like it's just a supportive group you know community exactly yeah and I feel like that's what I really needed because I was finding that in in the city in Washington DC I was finding communities of women that I would you know be a part of and I would support and they would support me but right in my backyard you know I can walk to you know five artists houses right now you know and I'm yeah. like let's do it here let's do it yeah. here you yeah. don't I don't have to drive into the city to get my community of artists I can build one right here yeah yeah absolutely and that's so special something that you know you can you can help grow and foster that and yes yeah, yeah I love that Turning back to what we were talking about earlier about you said something, well, the way I'm remembering it, it might not be the exact words, but it was to do with not worrying what people thought of mm. things, right? Um, and I I want to just read out a quote that you wrote on your Instagram page. Um, okay. You said, after years of hating myself, I am proud of myself. I painted this huge effing painting behind me and I love it I don't care if you like it or anyone else likes it I love it my work is powerful and meaningful and that's a really profound statement that's like that is so like you just it's just your truth yeah it took me a long time to get there that's for sure yeah 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 but you know what I feel like once once the layers come off and the ego comes off and yeah that sounds a little ego no no I'm with you yeah but I'm uh you know once you stop worrying about people judging you and what others think of you and you more worry about like no I'm gonna be true to myself um and my authentic self and express that to people you give other people permission to do the same Mm. and if we are all you know trying to raise the vibration of humanity and and work towards becoming our authentic selves and discovering our truth and our gifts and our talents, then everybody wins. Mm. So, um, you know, all the people walking around trying to people please and be everything for everybody and this kind of whole um, narrative of motherhood as the martyr mm. and sacrificing and the first thing that sacrifice is like your sense of self, right? Mm. It's just like, you are not, you're just a vessel and you're just 
a feeding machine and a maid and a cook and, and all these things rolled into one that, but you're so much more than that. Like there, everybody has their unique talents and gifts. And, you know, I, I did hide mine for so long, like as a, a younger child and even as an adult, not really um, finding value, like what, I'll make a few bucks here, but what's the value of it? But I think that through Instagram, as annoyed as I get with Instagram, <laughs> it is a great, powerful tool to connect people yep. and to, um, I mean, to inspire people. I'm so inspired by so many artists. Yeah. And I, when I created an Instagram, I had no idea there were so many inspirational artists, so many artists that I could fall in love with their work and yeah. be so moved by their work. And it just, it's amazing. And if we all just kind of um, get to a point where we can say, this is me and this is my work. And if you don't like it, whatever. Mm. You know, I didn't make it for you. I made it for me. Yeah. And absolutely. yeah, so. Oh look, I I I absolutely love that. It's, oh, I'm gonna you. I'm gonna take that and put it in my quotes because that. Oh good. Yeah. Okay. Oh. no, look honestly, I I feel like I had a similar sort of revelation at some point. I'm not sure exactly when, but um, in in my childhood, I did a lot of singing competitions. It was sort of something that we had to do, and there was this massive emphasis placed on getting a prize, getting a place, winning. Um, so there was this, yeah, this huge connection between, for me, between singing and being good or being better than someone or someone telling you you were good, you know. Yes. This adjudicator, this one person saying, I liked you better than that person, you know. This validation came from other people. Um, yeah. And as I've gotten older, it's like, it's the same thing, What literally what you just said. I don't care if you don't like it because I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. And I think because like any form of art is so subjective um you know there's plenty of art that I might not necessarily like or love but I can appreciate that the person that's done it has, has done an amazing job in creating that and they've poured a piece of themselves into this you know whether it's music or dancing or you know visual art you know so I think yeah I've come a long way in in the many years of just accepting and and I still put myself up for different competitions but in different ways like online or writing competitions and if I don't win it's like well that's fine because it wasn't my time you know I can see that everyone's yeah. on their own journey and um, even just as recently as last last Thursday night I was in Adelaide for a competition and and I didn't win it and I had no pangs of oh, wish it was me I mean it would have been nice to win but I can see that that person that won that was they're on their journey it's this is their time you know and it's I think it's incredibly freeing and empowering to be able to take away that you just feel you feel unencumbered you just feel light and you know yes free. Totally. once we remove the need to be validated by others that is such a like that is such a turning point um, and obviously, of course, I still do get caught up in that a lot. It's not, I'm on a journey, I'm evolving, I'm not perfect, yeah. but um, I'm definitely, like at the beginning when I first created my Instagram, it was like, I really was putting work online because I wanted people to like it, obviously. I wanted people to follow me. I wanted people to buy my art and 
And that's the kind of work I was putting out. And then um, a curator actually asked me, who is Sarah Renzi Sanders, the artist? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, it was a really hard question. It really caused me to like, like, who, who do I want to be? I can be any what I want, mm. but I definitely don't want to be this person just creating like boring abstracts that people like so mm. that they will sell. I want to be more than that, you know? Mm. So I, I want my work to touch people. I want my work to inspire people. I want my work to move people. I don't just want to create something pretty to match someone's couch, you know? Yeah. So, and I feel like I know a lot of artists who still are doing that and have been doing it for years and that's their business model and it works for them. But um, for me, I, uh, I think I want to create more of a legacy than, you know, um, a financial income. I mean, obviously I like, I like money. There's nothing wrong with money, but, but <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. It's not my first, it's not my number one. Yeah. You know, it's not my one number one priority. So mm. Yeah, I understand the journey, just the journey. Every rejection is a stepping stone to getting where you want to be. So, you know, everybody's been rejected numerous. There's no one successful that hasn't been rejected a thousand times. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting you use that analogy. I, I interviewed um, a, a lady in Australia just a couple of days ago, and she used the same sort of that imagery of, she had to sort of, she was saying that she was meeting, getting to these like roadblocks, then she'd have to change direction. And, and someone said to her, why don't you look at that instead of a block, you change direction and you're going across like a lily pad and you have to go across, mm -hmm. you had to go to this one. It wasn't a straight line. And she said, once she changed that in her mind, that way of looking at it, it just totally changed. It. And that's the same thing, like these stepping stones. It's not, you know, rarely is anything in life in a straight line. You know, we take exactly. these and turns and, and end up where we're yes. yeah totally totally growth is not linear it's like a ball <laughs> <laughs> a big ball of wool or something that's just like <laughs> <laughs> oh, topic that, that I talk about a lot on my podcast is mum guilt and I believe it's something that probably is a resonates across all boundaries um, like nationalities countries that kind of thing um, is that something is mum guilt sort of a term that you've heard much of or you've got some opinions on you know I, I have heard it um, and um, I do know women it's, it's mostly women that are working full time that have that mom guilt. Yeah. I am lucky enough to, you know, be home and working while my kids are in school and then I pick them up and then I'm home with them for six more hours <laughs> <laughs> and chauffeuring them to various activities. So um, I don't really have it because um, I also feel like it's, it's something that women need to sort of let go of and allow themselves to 
look at it in a way that if I'm doing something for myself, I'm bettering myself so that I can be better for my children. Mm. Um, so if I have an art show and, you know, I got to, you know, my husband has to put the kids to bed and they don't get me singing them to sleep or whatever. It's like my kid is, is growing from that experience. They're not, it's not losing me for one night and they're not going to be traumatized by that. I mean, they're learning to be adaptable and they're learning that, yes, your mother has her own life. And, and when you grow up and have kids, you're going to have your own life too. Mm-hmm. And I think it sets an example for my daughter um, that you don't have to give up your entire life and you don't have to martyr yourself constantly, that you actually deserve to have a life on your own and it's going to make you a better mom. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. I could not have put that better myself. That is brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Oh, good, good. Uh, Like the more I talk to mums, the more that I think that society is the one driving this mum guilt, like the judgment, the judgment that you get from, you know, other mums and social media, this perception of what a mum has to be. Yes. Um, Yeah, and people are going, hang on a minute, I don't buy into that. Like like you said, what I'm doing, I'm not neglecting my children. I'm you know, I'm doing something for myself that's going to make me, um, you know, feel better about my mothering role when I come back to them, you know. Exactly. Like I'm, going to feel, I'm going to feel fulfilled um, so that I can give myself more fully to my children. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you're right about the social media pressure. And there's this whole culture, which I'm sure you know, about the mom influencers oh. and, you know, and their perfect little children and their perfect matching outfits and yeah and it's to me just so um I feel like these women are are sacrificing so much of themselves Mm. um for this identity of perfection in motherhood and um I just don't understand how you could be authentically happy Mm. when your life is you know, taking pictures of your children, making sure they look perfect. And, um, you know, I'm not going to send out Christmas cards this year. Sorry. I just, you know, I don't have any pictures of my kids, like all together smiling. So, you know, and, and I think that's okay. And I, I give myself permission to say, yeah, you know, I do Christmas cards every other year. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I just don't, ha- I, I don't have the time to battle with my children and to like bribe them with candy and, and get maybe a mediocre picture of them sitting on the porch and them all hate me for the rest of the day because they had to sit in the cold and get a picture taken, you yeah. know, and like, I'm not the mom taking my kid to the pumpkin patch and, you know, putting them on top of pumpkins and, you know, like, I'm just not that person. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, it's just like, they automatically think, well, if I don't do this, I'm not, if I don't take my kid to the pumpkin patch, it's just in, in the States, the pumpkin patch is a big fall activity, yeah. which I don't really buy into because I'm like, I don't understand it, but um, it's a good photo op, I think, for the moms. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I, we just don't do that in my family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of, a lot of it's like people well, coming back to that judgment thing, like, people have to show that they're doing something or people who literally if it didn't if it's not on social media it didn't happen you know everything's got to be on social media and 
And it's almost like, who are you trying to just, are you trying to make yourself feel better? Like, what are, why are you doing this? Like, yeah, justify your role as a mother that I, oh, I spend lots of time with my kid. I'm trying to make myself feel better about it. Or, you know, is it for other people to say, oh, wow, they're doing lots of stuff, you know, like right. exhausting, you know, to it's put exhausting. up these, like, literally, like you talk about these masks, like it, it's a facade that they're putting up. They're creating this pretend life. Right. And that's, I mean, with my daughter, you know, now she's on social media, of course. And um, it's, it's just, I I want to show her that no, this isn't like, this isn't real. These girls that you see with their filters on and perfectly dressed and posing in places like that's that, that took that to take that picture took a lot of work. And it's not like this perfectly like little snapshot of my life. This is very much set up. This is, I, this is very curated. This, you know, this person in real life, they don't look like that. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of people that do it, it's, it's almost like, I think with the motherhood thing, there's that loss of identity and they maybe feel like by creating this diary of images that are perfect it it is like more concretely like oh this is my identity this is who I am this is who I want to be Mm. and this is who I want to show the world Mm. um but it doesn't come from a deep place and that's where it becomes problematic yeah that's it it's not authentic it's not they're not living their their truth I suppose right right yeah I think it's like yourself authentically like you become your authentic self and you express that and then the right people are attracted to you I tell my daughter all the time because you know at 15 you're going through so many friend troubles and morphing of groups and you know drama teenage drama and I'm like if you just be yourself be true to yourself then the right people come to you and I didn't learn that until I was probably like 33 you know yeah same (laughs) yeah it's like it's a it's a long journey to get there for sure but when it happens it happens and yeah I mean I have so I went through a period of my life where I probably had no close friends for about 10 years and then most recently it's just like I have all these people I really enjoy talking to yeah and we really connect and it's it's because I've done the internal work. It's because I'm expressing myself and who I am. And, you know, the people that are at that point in their life, at that vibration are attracted to authentic people. So, yeah. 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 Oh, I love it. <laughs> I've recently talking to other artists, mothers, it's hard to um, apply to things sometimes and not feel like there is an aspect of, you know, well, we maybe don't want a mother to be the artist resident, or Mm -hmm. we maybe don't want a mother to be the face of it just because 
she's always busy or she always has other things going on or her life's so chaotic already. You know, like there are these like certain excuses I feel like that people make for um, not working with artist mothers. And um, it wasn't until I talked to my friend the other day that I really realized that. And she said something like about posting her kids on her social media, like, um, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Like, does a man ever have to think about, you know, posting a picture of his child affecting his career? No, mm. he doesn't. In fact, it probably, it, it does boost his, you know, mm. his like ability to get jobs because people are like, oh, well, he's a dad. He has a family to provide for. But for women, mm. it's a totally different. It's like, oh, well, you know, she has all this work to do at home and, she has all these responsibilities, but I'm like, I, I mean, meet any mom. We are the hardest working people on the planet. So. <laughs> wow. And if I'm saying I have the time to do this, I have the time to do it. I want to do it. I'll yeah, make it work. You know? Yeah, it, absolutely. When you talked about before the tarot, have you ever done or thought about having, like creating a, a deck with your yes. art on it? Yes, that's yes. My, that is on my list. And <laughs> yeah. that is probably what's coming next for me. Um, yeah, so the whole thing was, um, I had this really creepy uh, story happen and it it's, it was a few years ago and I was visiting my grandmother's grave and my grandmother is buried very close to my house. So I do visit her quite often. Yeah. And I went to her grave and there was a little like walking path above, above her grave. And on the walking path, there was this velvet blue bag, like a little pouch. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? And I, kind of opened it and peeked inside and it was a deck of tarot cards and I was you know I love that kind of stuff but but I was also a little bit like am I supposed to take this what am I supposed yeah. to do with this so I texted my whole family I'm like what do I do they're like don't take it don't take it like that is not like you don't want that you know and so I was like okay but I think it means something so I I did take a picture of the first card on top and then I looked up the deck mm -hmm. and I actually found it online and I ordered it and it has influenced so much of my work and it has been so spot on oh. um but yeah I think it's kind of like a psychological tool where anybody can do it and anybody can interpret what it means for them at that point in their lives so um it's not really this whole, you know, like I was taught in grade school, you know, summoning the devil or like mm. this tool of Satan. It's, it's, <laughs> it's literally a card of beautiful pictures and you shuffle it and you choose some, and then you decide how that relates to your life. And if that's going to give you guidance or tell you what next step to take, or maybe just how to have, how to change your mindset about something. So 
So I do think that that is coming for me and I have sketched out a few things, but you know, that's like a long-term project. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I definitely think my grandmother said that to me and was yeah. like, Hey, you should do this. Yeah. Cause you know what, when I started looking through your work, I was just instantly had this like, Oh, these need to be on tarot cards. Cause this is, you know, that yeah like there's a, I mean there's definitely a big influence yeah. on my work yeah and, and, and even, no, sorry go on. on no go on. <laughs> oh no I was gonna say even before I was creating this body of work I was creating like a more abstract like um I don't know if you're familiar with like paint pouring um it's very trendy right now it's kind oh, of like yeah liquid paint pouring so I was doing a series of those and I was naming them after cards you know, like two of cups or two, because of the cards from my grandmother. And it was like, oh, well, I did this one the day I found it. And that was the cup, that was the card that was on top. So yeah, so I was even before I was creating the stuff that actually looks like tarot cards. Oh, yeah. You are definitely going to do that. That is. Yeah, I know I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I will get some because that is a beautiful connection. That's oh, a lovely thank story. Thank you so much. A lot of my work kind of addresses that tension between um, growing up in a super um, Catholic environment and home and, and what, um, you know, those feelings of like, I'm doing something bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. like me, me thinking for myself and exploring my own spirituality is bad. Yeah. <laughs> I need to just do what the grownups are telling me, you know, yeah. and my sister and I would be like, you know, locked in our, we would have, we had a little walk-in closet that we shared in our room and we would read each other's cards and we had our crystal ball and <laughs> and I've definitely grown up to be that person like I have a crystal ball and, yeah and I read my cards every day and I meditate every day yeah yeah but yeah. it was something that you had to hide away because it's like oh yeah oh yeah oh, yeah. yeah yes totally I wanted to ask you about your other project that you do, you mixed media Madonna. Is that is yes. that sort of a yeah, to do with that traditional um, you know, practiced religion? It's that, so interesting because I people often ask, Oh, are you like very Catholic? And it I I was raised Catholic and I am a part of I do believe that's part of my culture and my cultural upbringing. Yeah. Um you know, my grandparents came from Italy and, you know, I grew up with, you know, the Madonna and with these pictures in their houses and their homes and praying the rosary a lot. Um, but I moved my mixed media Madonna. I do try to kind of bring my own twist on Mary and make it more about worshiping the idea of the mother. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like, 
the mother is so often forgotten and I really want to highlight the mother. And um, I used to teach a big um, lesson on the, uh, the um, evolution of the way Mary was painted in art history. Mm-hmm. And uh, she went from being, you know, this kind of stoic, you know, very embellished icon um, to being, you know, kind of like Raphael portraying her like a woman of the day, like during the Renaissance. Like she was portrayed, she wasn't portrayed like Mary traditionally in, um, you know, in her time. She was portrayed like this is a mother or a noble woman that I'm painting and I'm painting her in the clothes of the day with a very thin halo and she's becoming human mm. and relatable. Yeah. And so um, I do, I just am fascinated by all the different um, cultures and all the different ways of um, like visualizing Mary and kind of making it my own mm-hmm. and, uh, and making it, you know, more, more than the religion. I think it's like the, the motherhood mm-hmm. is the most important and the spirituality of just connecting to the mother of all, you know? Yeah. And I, I use, um, you know, prayer books and people send me like little antique postcards and things like that. And I'll find books in old bookstores. And mm-hmm. it really is just like magic to kind of find all these pieces and put them together um, in a more beautiful way, because I feel like she was always, always just seen as like, oh, it's Jesus's mom. It's Jesus's mom. And even in Catholicism, you know, we do elevate Mary a lot more than other religions but um I wanted it to be something more than that and just something that every woman can kind of look at and be like oh yeah like I like I like this I've had people that are like I you know I'm Jewish I'm not religious at all but I really like this piece speaks to me Mm. and that's kind of what I want it to be more of like a like this isn't just for Catholic people this is for everybody Yeah. yeah and that's I mean it's a hard balance because you know some people are like oh like I'm not religious I'm you know Mm. but I think it's a little more than that yeah absolutely it's like that universal sort of message of of love it it is that's what it is that's literally what it is it's yeah I don't know and And that's how it came out of I mean yeah it was like totally born of love and just and me being a mother and just this is another mother that I'm going to celebrate Mm. and um and you know it is mostly mothers that buy them (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of people buy them for gifts for their mothers or for you know yeah yeah but um and they're all different and I try to make each one very I mean I at this point I've probably made around 50 of them I would think that have you know are just out there in different places um but I just keep making them and even if I have the same image like I have a lot of Raphael because Raphael did a lot of Madonnas but um if I have the same image I still want to make it like different different colors different flowers different elements yeah 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 I love that that's lovely thank you yeah I'm just imagining one would look nice up here on my well (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm making a whole batch of them right now I was trying to get it done for you know Black Friday which is this American holiday that yeah, everyone yeah. shops on, but I'm, I'm not finished yet. 
should make make your own um shopping i know <laughs> i think i just want to have some for the holidays for people to buy you know because yeah because i don't sell my large pieces so you know the way i make a little bit of money is prints or madonnas really so mm -hmm. yeah anything on the go at the moment any projects or series that you're working on um that you want to share tell us about sure um so i have started working on these large abstract um pieces and they they're kind of could be described as more graphic abstract um sharper lines um and like, you know, boom, bright colors. I, I think I do a lot of third eye stuff, which I've done my entire art career, but yeah. um, it's way more, oh, here, this one is in progress. So, mm -hmm. but you know, it's more of like inspired yeah. by nature, but yeah. Um, yeah, but it's more of a um, very symmetrical yeah. kind yeah. of structured vision. Um, and it, I do get these when I, I meditate every day and I do um, sometimes, especially around the full moon, mm -hmm. get these kind of like very clear images in my head that when I come out of meditation, I'll sketch them really quick. Yeah. And yeah. then I just, um, they're, they come, they come pretty quick and it's easy to pick the colors. And I use kind of my standard color palette that I use for my mm -hmm. other series, just I just decided I'm just gonna always paint with my favorite colors and yeah. yeah. And it makes it a lot easier because then everything looks kind of cohesive, even though you know the this the style is so different. Um, but you know, I've been I I've submitted a few to some open calls and I've been rejected for those. So, you know, I mean I've been rejected for every everything I've ever painted at some point, but um, so you know, we're still working through that kind of my artist statement for those pieces and not try, you know, I try to sound authentic, but at the same time, sometimes people are like, Sarah, like bring it down a little bit, like <laughs> with all the woo woo, like, you oh. know, yeah, manifestation stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, this is who I am. <laughs> well, that, I was actually about to say that, like, you know, why should you have to tone yourself down? Like maybe they're mm -hmm. just not the right people to, but to you. No, absolutely true, absolutely true. Yeah. I just think that uh, my own art practice has made me a better mother, even if that means less time with my children. I think that we all need to figure out that balance and and what we need to keep us sane because it's very easy to just spiral into this kind of um, loss of self and just becoming shells of people as mothers. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, 
having something of your own as a mom and not just a career, but something of your own, um, more than a hobby, a passion, you know, is so important. And I just think every, every mother needs that outlet for themselves and to remember that like, I am a separate entity. I'm human in myself. I am not just, you know, because we often feel like we're just like walking around with children attached to us and, and with all the R, I painted the woman, you know, with all the arms before balancing all the things and yeah. 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 And, and we're so much more than that. And I think once motherhood starts being more valued, um, because it should be valued. I mean, we are raising the future of society. So uh-huh. there should be more emphasis placed on the value of, of mothers. Um, but I think, I think we're getting there. I think, mm. yeah. Yeah, it seems like each, each generation is sort of pushing those boundaries and pushing the, the expectations of, I'm going to say the patriarchal expectations because that's basically yeah. what it is. Um, yeah, so each generation moving forward, you know, breaking ground and hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is. I really, really, truly believe that um, that each of us, you, me, all of the other moms that are out there elevating other women and, and motherhood, um, we're making a difference. And, and, and I mean, we're making a difference to our daughters. They're seeing us do this and they're going to do even greater things. So yeah, I truly believe that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a, that's a beautiful sentiment to end on. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you. I appreciate you giving me. This. All right. Thanks yeah. so much, thank Alison. It was great talking to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.